Hello. Before we jump into today's episode of Sailor Time to Pause, I want to invite you to abide worship over on our main YouTube channel, Plexus Salvation Army, on a Wednesday evening. We will be joined by someone new every week, simply coming before God in adoration and worship, singing praise to Him. So subscribe to Plexus Salvation Army YouTube channel and get the bell on so you don't miss it. See you on Wednesday at seven o'clock. Now, over to you, Ian. Welcome back to our study of Job. I'm Ian, and this is the Sailor Time to Pause podcast from Plexus Salvation Army, an online church in the UK. Job, chapter 23, verses 1 to 12. Then Job replied, Even today my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling. I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me? No, he would not press charges against me. There the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered forever from my judge. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. I will stop and breathe in your presence, just breathe, just breathe. Some of you may have heard of me and of my story while I was alive on earth. My name was Job, and unfortunately I'm mostly known for my suffering. To be known for the things that were out with my control is a little unfair. I suppose I'd prefer to be known for my faith and my insights, for I did have both. Perhaps you'll allow me to explain by telling you about one particular day. The day began talking with Eliphaz, one of my friends, who'd come to keep me company and offer support. He'd spent the first part of the morning encouraging me to look up to God and pray. It was a similar message to the one that each of my friends had shared with me. They were each convinced that God was punishing me for some wrong I had done or some good I'd failed to do, even if I didn't know what it was. They put the same point to me in many different ways, but the thrust of the message was always the same. Turn back to God. If only I knew where to find God, I would go to his court. That was what I told Eliphaz. If only I knew where to find God. He seemed so distant at that moment. God had seemed so distant for a long while by that point. Ever since all my flocks died, my farmhands were murdered, and my shepherds were killed by the fire that fell from heaven. Ever since herders and invaders stole my camels and killed my servants, ever since my children were killed when the house collapsed in a terrible storm, and ever since I'd become deathly ill 
and covered in those hellish boils, I'd struggled to feel the presence of God. There was a time when God blessed me beyond measure. And when I went to him every day with a thankful heart, I would say my own prayers and I'd even offer prayers on behalf of my children in case they'd inadvertently offended God. I knew his peace and his power. And in worship, I would find myself in his presence. But no more. I no longer knew where to find God. His presence eluded me at every step and his silence shocked me. Many around me wondered why I bothered. Even my wife didn't understand. Why not simply curse God and die, she asked me. Sure, plenty others did it. I saw it many times. They've done it all through history and still do. People give up on God when he seems distant and when he's hard to find. And who can blame them when it seems like your worship just evaporates into the ether? King David even wrote about it in one of his psalms. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me, from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. When you feel rejected and lonely and your life is bordering on despair, Finding the energy for faith can seem beyond your capacity. Feeling far from God is a frightening experience. When it feels like God is withholding his reviving presence, you feel destitute, dry and desperate for a sense that he's still there, still listening, still caring. And what's worse is that you can't even seem to eke out a prayer since even your prayers feel empty and they seem to return with an echo of defeat. How long can you be expected to remember God if he's seemingly forgotten you? How long could you seek if all you find is silence? How long is the human spirit able to languish without comfort or response? So why not give up on God if he's given up on you? If he's turned his back and walked away, who can blame the man who relents on his searching? Some people turn away from God when trouble comes. They try to get on with life without God because choosing isolation can seem less painful than committing your life to someone you no longer trust. Yet, throughout my trouble, something stopped me from reaching that point. Despite the pain and the heartache and the sorrow, despite the empty silences when I cried out to God, something kept me reaching out to him. If only I knew where to find God, I would go to his court, I'd said to Eliphaz. And I meant it. I'd looked everywhere and I'd tried everything to no avail. All I could think of and all the advice that my friends and those around me had offered was to no avail. I go east, but he's not there, I told my friend. I go west, but I cannot find him. I don't see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. Of course, I hadn't really travelled. I was not capable in the state I found myself. But it was the only way I could think of to convey to Eliphaz how far I had gone in my search and how hard I had looked. The only way to convey how destitute I was. As I tried in vain to find God, 
My life became just fear and unhappiness, worse than it was before, a permanent winter. The air around me where I once felt God was now just a chilling void. Nevertheless, as I spoke about my search, there was a slight bubbling of hope within me. The memories of those times when I'd walked with God in confidence and peace, when I'd known the joy that comes from his presence. It told me that I could not simply leave my utterance there. My spirit and soul knew that my thought was incomplete and had to continue. And immediately, some more words came tumbling out of my mouth before I even truly realised that they were on my tongue. I go east, but he's not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I don't see him in the north, for he's hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. But he knows where I am. He knows where I am. What marvellous words they were. Even when I could not find God, he knew where I was. Those words were so special and they gave me hope. I'm persuaded that they were not my words, even though they came from my lips. They were God's words that he placed in my mouth. God spoke to me through my own voice. And when I heard them, my heart stirred. And as my spirit leaped within me, I knew that those words were from him. They broke me out of the mindset that it was I who needed to sort out my own troubles, and they lifted my gaze. Throughout that awful time, I had centred all my attention upon myself, and I'd become so focused upon whether I could draw near to God that I hadn't even thought about whether God was drawing near to me. I'd looked everywhere, east, west, north and south. I'd searched high and low, but I could not find him, yet God knew where I was all along, and he was always right beside me. He never left my side. At that point, God revealed to me that, though I thought I'd lost him, he had not lost me. We have a God who seeks us. It took the rest of God's people a long time to come to that same realisation. It was the prophet Ezekiel who next hinted at this when he told the people of Israel that God was like a shepherd searching for his flock on a dark and cloudy day. The God of Israel was different to all the other gods around. The God of Israel is a God who actively seeks his people. When trouble comes to them, when their days become dark and cloudy, then he doesn't wait for them to look east, west, north and south. He seeks them like a shepherd caring for his flock. God declared that he himself would feed them and care for them, and he would treat their wounds and diseases, and he would personally lead them to rest. He promised good grazing ground, abundant pastures, healing and strength. Shepherds actively gather their flock together. They don't just hope that sheep will meander along and bump into him by random. God would find his people because he is the good shepherd and he knows them and, more importantly, he knows where they are. That idea is such a reversal to the way in which we usually think about faith. 
Back when I was alive, every religion around me was based on making offerings to the gods to try to earn their favour or assuage their anger. All the work in making the relationship work and keeping it alive was ours. It was up to mankind. Those religions told their followers that they had to work and search for their gods while their gods simply sat by and waited for men to come to them. And from what I can see, it's not too different in your day. Religion is all about work and duty and being good enough for God. But if we have a God who seeks us, that turns it all on its head. It was long after my time on earth ended, while God himself walked on earth around Galilee, that Jesus told some stories to make that point clear. He told the story of a man who owned some sheep. There was once a shepherd with a hundred lambs. One of his lambs wandered away and was lost. So the shepherd left the ninety-nine lambs out in the open field and searched the wilderness for that one lost lamb. He didn't stop until he finally found it. With exuberant joy, he raised it up and placed it on his shoulders, carrying it back with cheerful delight. Returning home, he called all his friends and neighbours together and said, Let's have a party. Come and celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it and brought it home. By telling that story, Jesus made it clear that our seeking God doesn't just search for and care for his people as a group as Ezekiel taught. It's much more personal. He seeks us out individually. He seeks us out one by one. The good shepherd knows everything about me when I sit down or stand up. He knows my thoughts even when I'm far from him. He knows everything I do. He knows my heart and he loves me. That day with Eliphaz started as one of the days when I felt most lost. Not being able to find God left me disoriented. The undergirding rock of my life was missing and my faith was wavering. God was nowhere to be found and I was struggling to make sense of my life. If only I knew where he was. But that day God's revelation came to me. I did not know where to look for God because he knew where I was. When I was bewildered with the mystery of life, all was clear and open to God. He knows what we have to contend with and why our lives may have been vexed and tried. At the very moment when we have some new difficulty to face, some new height to climb or some new snare to avoid, God is with us, perfectly understanding the whole situation. Though I cannot see him, yet he sees me. Though I could not see his ways and understand why I was so afflicted, he knew my ways and my needs. My inability to find God did not in any way interfere with his perfect knowledge of me or his love for me. Though I couldn't find God, he'd not lost me. I was the one who was doing the searching, yet I was the one who was in fact lost. Is there any wonder that I couldn't find what I was looking for? That day was when I realised that God doesn't wait for us to find him. But instead, he seeks us because he loves us. And when he seeks, I now know that he's sure to find. I knew something was missing 
knew something was just not right. Just made a joke of life. Nowhere to go, no one to turn to. You came and saved me. You are my rescue. Love found me. You love. This has been Sailor Time to Pause, a podcast from Plexus Salvation Army, an online church in the UK. I'm Ian. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Sam. If you've enjoyed journeying with us over these last few weeks, join us every Monday or any day that works for you to spend time together, taking time out to pause, catch our breath, draw near to God and refresh our spirits. We share Bible teachings, reflections on songs we're listening to and on what's going on in the world around us. 
As well as this, on the last day of the month, we look back and reflect, share any thoughts from our listener community and ask what we can take from it into our daily living. What we call our personal So What's for the month. Join us, making us part of your regular routine, spending a few minutes to listen to what God might be saying to you. Find us on your favourite podcast streaming service, on Facebook or YouTube by searching for Selah. That's S-E-L-A-H. Time to pause.